We would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of this land. We pay our respect to elders past and present, to the future generations keeping the songlines alive, and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are listening. I'm Lauren Taylor. And I'm Simon Winkler. You're listening to City Central by Red Bull. We're passionate music fans and broadcasters based in Melbourne. Over six episodes, we look into the past, present and future of this global music city and meet a small selection of artists, labels, collectives and pioneers making Melbourne such a dynamic place. We'll be asking the questions, who are the people and what are the places that form a strong musical community? How do you create space for a safer, more inclusive scene? And how do we acknowledge a country's history in music? In this episode, we explore the interconnected layers of a music scene. How do label families, music crews, radio stations and record stores connect to form a vibrant village? Who are the people and what are the places that form a strong community? Man, what can I say? I'd move them in a heartbeat, to be honest. (laughs) Melbourne's like, best of all worlds. The voice of Ruby Savage. Since moving from Amsterdam to London, Ruby has immersed herself in London's vibrant club and jazz scenes, working at key record stores like Honest John's and labels like Brownswood. Ruby's in Melbourne for Red Bull Music Festival, bridging the London and local scenes and representing the shared love of jazz and soul in both cities. Yeah, I mean, that energy that you feel in the music, like for me, music is my life, my religion, my love. So anywhere where there's going to be that kind of creativity and output I'm going to be interested to know what's happening and and you know I wasn't disappointed to find sort of a world where I felt that resonate not just in music but just in the community and the energy that is coming off people there it's really really special and creative and soulful and uh, nurtured so it's a comfortable place I mean I'm originally from Amsterdam and you know which is like an international city but not that big and uh, it reminds me a bit of that except you've got like better weather <laughs> and better food <laughs> and and a bit more soul. Ruby before you started at Brownswood you worked in West London Record Emporium Honest Johns and managed their sound signature label alongside Theo Parrish before co-founding Wild Heart. Perhaps um, one at a time what are, what are some of the main memories and maybe lessons you took from each of those roles? Ooh, okay. So I started off at Honest John's and uh, just behind the counter and doing like a bit of assisting at the label. What did I learn there? I learned that I needed uh, daylight because <laughs> Honest John's <laughs> the basement was, was very dark and I was many hours spent in there sorting out records, sleeve, I mean, yeah, sleeving records, packing records. I was like, I need daylight day to day. Okay, what I learned from Honest John's is, you know, follow your vision and don't let anybody influence that um, and, and dare to be like out-of-national, out-of-worldly and, you know, become your own niche and take care in everything that you do, like the care that they put into their releases is unreal you know from the packaging to the write-ups to you know well selecting the music um it's it's extremely extremely polished and really inspiring to watch them and you know just 
bunch of you know people have been a, you know been running a record store for like through the hardest times when everybody stopped buying records uh, to seeing it resurge and surviving that and you know having their own way of doing stuff yeah sticking to their guns and also a bit of family you know that for me they feel like my original London family the honest jobs people I still are going all the time and see them and they tip me when there's a new release so that's you know, it's a nice, uh, you know, and they're really sort of, wow, do your thing, man. So that's cool. <laughs> and then, yeah, sound signature, I guess, similar lessons. Uh, Rebel, do your, do, do your thing your way. I learned, I mean, at sound signature, I really learned by just doing, you know, running a label, right, using your brain and figuring it out. Um, and I guess it's, yeah, insurmountable what I learned there, like, in terms of, how to how to run a label, but very in a very particular way. We just did it our way. What I learned there, it's about the music. It always is. At the end of the day, you can you know, a nice sleeve is is incredible, and it adds. It definitely can make a release like a full on uh, project or like a full on artwork. But at the end of the day, it's about the music and whether that moves you or not. And you know, seeing that sound signature. The music was so so good yeah that that was just really special to work with we met chris skill in our last episode he's an ambassador for soul in melbourne and unofficial prince of gertrude street in melbourne's inner north from his vantage points chris sees melbourne in a similar time of ascendance with new music crews rising all the time right now like a, a lot of new music families are coming up and you know the 3070 collectives one and you got mandarin dreams another one Billy Davis's crew, you know, there's like the jazz party crew and lots of little music families too that are like coming up. You've got Crown, who's sort of all over Sampa's record and stuff. And uh, it's quite exciting because th there's new people coming up all the time, you know, just every week, every day there's new stuff coming out. I mean, the jazz scene in the UK has been influential here too a lot of people the 3070 kids who toured over there got to see a lot of that and have brought a lot of that back Horatio Luna and he's continuing to sort of not only work on his music too but you know foster the work of, of young kids doing that sort of sound which is great and I think yeah also when things are growing in in a community people are able to sort of replicate that on their little smaller scales too and sort of help others up and I think, you know, when we have models of, of this, which is like what community radio is, is just helping people up, then it just can happen a lot. It can happen, yeah, more and more just in, in the little circles. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a good time right now. It's a good time. Remy and Sensible Jay are the artists behind House of Beige, a label, a studio, but also a philosophy too. They're one of the many music families Chris Gill was talking about. In their roster, music and general approach, they represent the creativity and supportiveness that lies at the heart of a strong community. We went to visit them in an undisclosed warehouse in an undisclosed suburb across the Maribyrnong River to drink tea and talk about their work and outlook. There is like drapes hanging from the roof that are purple, gold and red. We've got one purple wall. We've got two doors that say HOB. We've got some sound panels on the walls. I like how much purple is in this room. Um, we've got like a purple um, 
I don't know. What do you call v- it? Vocal booth shield. Vocal booth shield. That's why I didn't know what that was called because that sentence has never left my mouth. <laughs> um, we got we got two computers. One that's you know acting up right now, but one that is holding us down. NPC, and then Jay's sen- uh, sensible kit right here, which is what I'm sitting next to. <laughs> Amazing. So it's a great assortment of teas and that's it. And oh, and records, work. records that we can't sample because we get sued. <laughs> <laughs> you can sample them and try and hide it. Exactly. So what we talk about is a sample-free album, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> we can't get sued. It's a small room. It's like four by four and a half meters. It's set, we made it sound massive just now. Yeah. It's really not. It's really small and cozy. cozy. When there's yeah. six people in here. It's, the temperature goes up. It's basically a label for friends. I don't think there's anyone involved who we don't know well. It's all kind of been friendships first, and then oh, you do that. Do you want us to put it out? Yeah, literally that simple. And it's like it's loyalty too. You know what I mean? Like we, we, you know, we got some new cats coming through. We're about to release some stuff on it, and. You just see the passion in their eyes and um, you see how much they respect what we do um, and how we do it as well. Not in a way where they think that like we can do crazy things for them, but more in a sense is like they they really feel how we make music and how we approach art in a way where it's just like we're just us. That's what House of Beige is, you know. And it's slightly off-center music, basically. Yeah. Yeah, we like to work with People who sound like themselves. That's it. And just seeing them win. Like, that's that's the end goal. So you become yourself and be happy. Because we also understand that, like, no one else is ever responsible for your success. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, it doesn't matter who we work with. Um, we're still, like, our path is our own. Like, we could work with an artist who goes and blows up. You know what I mean? And, like, and we want that for that artist. But we've still got to be ourselves you know what i mean like nothing's going to change for us like the remy project's going to still keep going um and we want to try and like keep that ethos when it comes to like the label as well it's, it's just like okay what is it you can either like you can either cut people off from you because you feel insecure about how good they are or whatever or you can support them either way there will be no effect on your life one way will be mad negative, you know what I mean? It will eat at you personally. And the other way will just like set you free and you'll be happy and you'll see your friends win. And like, I want to win. I'm going to win. But I don't want to win by myself. You know what I mean? So this is the, the best way to do it for us. Jeanette is recognised as an iconic Melbourne music figure. A DJ, producer, media maker, curator and former record store owner who's worked across all aspects of the industry. What Jeanette doesn't know about the history and present of Melbourne's music culture isn't worth knowing. I think we've got a really amazing community. I have to say that, like, you know, we're generally kind of smaller. I mean, we're not LA. We're, we're a smaller network. And what I love is how connected we all are. You know, I mean, there's definitely those people that are young and emerging that we don't know of yet. But I love that idea about Melbourne is how we all are really quite connected you know, whether it's through two degrees of separation, three, whatever, there's still essentially your awareness is still present of who's part of the scene and who's releasing music and, and we're all kind of connected in that regard. I mean, London's obviously such a big city, but even then, I suppose, you know, within the pocket, you know, you're talking about Ruby, you know, and we were with those guys when we were in London and I feel just as much a part of that 
uh, even though we're not necessarily from the same cities, but I feel just as much a part of their community, really, uh, as we do kind of our own. So that part I really think is special. It's not about a geography anymore. It's about a particular kind of thing that you're into that connects you. When having a conversation about the interconnected layers of a global music community, you have to talk about Melbourne label Chapter Music at the core of Melbourne's and Australia's musical identity. Guy Blackman and Ben O'Connor are founders and heads of the label, one of the longest running in the country, recently celebrating 25 years. They're also former Red Bull Sound Select curators with an unmatched knowledge of local music. We went from House of Beige to Chapter Music Headquarters, based along the Merry Creek, to hear more about the unique identity of Melbourne's shifting scenes. I'm Guy Blackman, and... I'm Ben O'Connor. And we run Chapter Music together from a three-storey townhouse at the bottom of Northcote in Melbourne, right at the edge of the Merry Creek. Our kind of, the bottom level uh, is where our office and warehouse is, and we're sitting upstairs in our lounge room right now. Yeah, we talk a lot about like running a label is about trying to create the world that you want to see. And um, for me, that's like maybe a world run by queer people. It's a world where art and individual expression are paramount. It's a world where community is incredibly important. Guy, what about you? Well, yeah, we um, became a conscious decision, but it was just an unspoken thing for many years with Chapter. But I guess then we we realised after a while that that we weren't signing any artists that were just all straight white men because that's just not... I mean, as a queer couple, you know, we've been together as a couple for as long as the label has been in Melbourne. So, yeah, we don't sign... You know, we realised and then we, now, it's, now it's this thing that we, um, we almost quite happy to talk about it because you know if people don't hear these things maybe they don't absorb the ramifications of it but yeah we are interested in music made by women made by queers made by people of color and this idea of music being like a, a traditionally male bastion you know independent rock music whatever you know that's just holds very little interest for us so i guess in that way we're trying to create a world that we believe in in terms of the function of music as a source of expression of joy and also as a document of the world that we live in, you have helped to really define the way in which Australia sees itself, I guess, and how it presents itself to the rest of the world. Like through chapter music, there's been a story being told of, of really important developments locally that really need to be shared. So I guess from your perspective, maybe could we go through some releases? I know this is a hard one because you've released so many, but maybe a couple that that might come to mind that really feel like documents of a particular time in Melbourne and what it says about the city at that time? That's a really lovely and um, nice question. I One thing that comes to mind, I think that in some ways <laughs> I feel somewhat limited by this sometimes that people see us as kind of like a jangly guitar label when I think that we've always done so much more than that. But when the first Twerps and Dick Diver records came out, I think the first Seven Inches came out in 2009 and the first album was 2011. That to me was a really exciting period in music. I thought things had been kind of a little uh, boring for a while in Australian music and I think that there was this 
new wave of bands who had been particularly influenced by Eddie Current, Suppression, Ring, who I think really kind of like opened things up in Melbourne. But And Twerps and Dick Diver to me are two very different bands doing very different things, but I think they always get kind of lumped in together. I think they do very different things with what they do. We released their first seven inches on the same day and their first albums on the same day, so maybe it's our fault that those things are kind of lumped in together. (laughs) And I think both of those bands went on to influence so many other bands in Australia. And I think that they were doing something that was quite unique at the time, that it was this very kind of personal... How do I explain these bands? I'm so bad at describing music that I like. I'm really good at describing music I don't like. That's easy. Um, But they were bands with this really kind of like personal perspective, completely unpretentious and relatable. Seems like a weird word to use. But um, yeah. Yeah, maybe the Dick Diver more so than Twerps, but they also talked about their environment in a way that other wasn't happening very much in Australian music at the time. You know, they referred to local things, they referred to Melbourne, they referred to Australia, and they kind of gave gave people a perception of their own life here, you know, reflected it in art in a way that, you know, was still quite rare at that time for Australian musicians to talk about place. Mm. And I think in some ways that that wasn't this, like, kind of celebration of Aussiness. It was, like, it's kind of, like interrogation of time and place that they were reflecting on and asking questions about the place that they lived. And I'm really interested in creating or like uh, acknowledging and exploring and strengthening the kind of historical threads that run through music in this town and all, all around Australia. So like when we did the Can't Stop It compilations um, of Australian post-punk from the late 70s and early 80s, I mean that was like an around Australia thing, but with a really strong Melbourne contingent. You know, the first one of those came out in 2000 and that was quite a huge moment for us as a label because people hadn't, people previously had kind of neglected Australia's own musical history. You know, there, there was this underlying cultural cringe where people thought that music from overseas was more interesting or more worth celebrating than than locally but I think that first Can't Stop a compilation in 2000 kind of helped give people more of a sense of pride in, in what, what what Australians had done musically you know, people seem to have no idea and around the world too like that we had a really really vibrant mm. exciting post-punk kind of music scene here and where people were doing things equally as interesting and adventurous and not really all that inspired by overseas movements, just doing things in their own, like um, for their own reasons and with their own kind of agendas and priorities. And since then, you know, we've had ongoing relationships with artists from that era and from those compilations like Primitive Calculators and David Chesworth and Essendon Airport. You know, that's been really valuable for us to kind of have this continuity. You know, things don't happen in a vacuum. Music that happens now in Melbourne is intrinsically connected to things that happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, so... And I thought it was really exciting when after those compilations there were new waves of 
Melbourne bands that were not necessarily directly influenced but like were inspired by ideas from these kind of things. And I think that bands that we then went on to release, like Fabulous Diamonds or Nozu, there's this kind of nice full circle thing there for us. It's funny, Melbourne's like a place where I don't feel like there's as much of a division between club culture and live music. Like it's quite common to see the same people at a punk show that you'll then see four hours later on the dance floor somewhere. Um, I really, and it's like, you know, there are so many punks playing techno in Melbourne now, which I find really funny. <laughs> um, that's very true. I mean, that's one of the strongest things about Melbourne. It's like a genre omnivorous kind of city. You know, yeah, everyone's, if you make music, you're in five different music projects. One of them's a grindcore band. The other one's a techno band or solo techno project. I mean, we feel like, the electronic music community in Melbourne is almost inseparable from any other musical community, but it's like it's equally healthy and vibrant and strong. And maybe our connections aren't like as as deeply rooted, but you know, like the you know the people that we know doing stuff here, like like Michael Kusick, you know, who runs Efficient Space record label, and you know Andres, who we've put out records by. You know, th- these are people like doing just like fascinating, amazing, important things. I think we always have had kind of like roots in... My, my first ever job was working at Revolver Upstairs. <laughs> um, <laughs> we kind of always have had roots in club culture. That's pretty much as Melbourne club as you can get, isn't it? <laughs> You've been listening to City Central by Red Bull. Next up, we speak with Simona, Whiskey Houston and G-Flip, three Melbourne figures whose work makes the city a stronger, safer and more inclusive place. City Central was created by Lauren Taylor and Simon Winkler with additional production assistance by Matthew Wilson and music by Andrush.